It's Edmonton's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Edmonton's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Edmonton, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Marnie Ashcroft, founder and CEO of Glow Juicery. Thanks for joining us today, Marnie. Thank you so much, Mario. Tell me a little bit about uh, Glow Juicery, uh, what it is and, uh, and what you do. Okay, so Glow Juicery um, is a cold-pressed juice company. So we started six years ago um, with a vision to bring access to raw, unpasteurized, cold-pressed juices, um, which at that time didn't exist in the industry. There were shelf juices, as we like to call them, that you would find in a grocery store. And uh, we wanted to bring something that allowed people that were experiencing critical care situations, um, inflammatory diseases, uh, but also for athletes that just wanted access to pure raw juice. Hmm. How did you get involved in this? Um, I feel as though I was somewhat compelled to this, to this cause to, to support it because uh, there was just a lot of information coming my way. A few different sort of events occurred in my life. One of them being a friend of mine was diagnosed with cancer and her husband uh, needed to, to quit his job and, and make juice for her. And I thought it just seemed to really compromise the family in a way that, that seemed a bit unfair. And so I started to do some research on, on what this was, on why a doctor would prescribe juice therapy and how this was missing in you know, the Canadian landscape. Um, I also am a mom of two kids, and we would be on the go, and I'd be you know, looking at the different drive-through options available and thinking, wouldn't it be incredible if there was a safe place that you could go where you could just have access to plant-based foods? Um, and you know that you, as you walk in that door that someone cares about what you're eating, that nothing's been fried, that everything has been carefully sourced and that it would be convenient and you could grab and go that option. Because at the time there were a few restaurants and, you know, and across Canada, vegan restaurants were popping up, but there was nothing that made it look as convenient as what I had in mind. Mm -hmm. So all of those ideas kind of started to percolate. I started doing some research in the U S and at the time there were already like 4,000 juiceries in the United States. So that's when the little hairs on your arm stand up and you think, okay, this is something. It's been validated in other parts of North America. It's time for me to bring that here. What are you most excited about uh, the business right now? Um, I think right now it's interesting to watch the evolution because, uh, you know, when I started, we had a real education push around getting people to understand the value of our product. So you know, a shelf juice, a grocery store product costs $2.50. That might be the most you'd want to spend on a juice product. And we were bringing to market a product that I was going to charge at that time, eight, $9 for. And so we had that kind of bit of a conversation to have consistently with clients to get them to understand the value. Um, but that conversation has been had and, and the evolution in our, in our industry has, has really, it's really progressed. 
So now we get to have conversations that push the envelope a little further. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking more about the integration of superfoods. We're talking about food as medicine. Um, You know, there's natural health practitioners and nutritionists that are starting to really talk about plant-based foods and whole foods and all of that too. So it's kind of exciting because we get to keep evolving and, and really bringing new ideas to the table in a different way. What's your vision for the company going forward into the future? So what I've always envisioned for Glow is not that we are a company that makes food products, but that we're an education company that also makes food products. So we really want to move that education piece um, and become more of a lifestyle brand that connects people to all different resources that can help them on their journey. I don't know exactly what that looks like. I'm really in a, in a kind of a creative phase. And I think that's sort of the natural pace of, of um, our business is in the summer, we do a bit more reflection and, and research. So we're kind of in that mode right now, a little bit of R&D, trying to figure out what we're going to bring. Um, we also have locations across the country. So I did start franchising within the first few years of, of opening the business. So we have locations from Vancouver Island to Prince Edward Island. Um, that all have different demands and different communities that they're servicing. So, you know, we take in that collective Canadian interest and we put that into our product development. Let's take a look at the city that you live in and uh, based your business in. Uh, what are the benefits of uh, doing business in Edmonton? Uh, Edmonton, I've always been very, very happy about starting a business in Edmonton. I'm not from Edmonton originally, I was born in British Columbia. Um, and I grew up in Calgary in my teen years and went to high school and university in Calgary. So when I moved to Edmonton in my mid-20s, it was sort of a fresh view on a city that I actually have really come to love. It almost has felt like a safe place to start a business. So I feel like people here welcome you with kindness. We're very happy to uh, support and create community, you know, opportunities around one another. There's a lot of collaboration in this city. Um, a lot of really wonderful ideas that, that are started. I don't know. It would be interesting to kind of know, um, you know, what percentage of our business community is entrepreneurs in, in Edmonton versus Calgary versus Toronto. I, I've always kind of felt like Edmonton had a lot of people mm-hmm. that were being brave and taking risks and starting businesses. And I think that's why we're so supportive of one another is, is there's a lot of like-mindedness there. What about challenges uh, of doing business in Edmonton these days? I would say the challenges that I experience tend to be more around the way that, so for example, um, there's some hard costs associated with the business. And some of those hard costs are lease rates and property taxes and all those other you know, infrastructure related issues that you can experience. And as a small business, one of the ways we've overcome that is by banding together with other small businesses to, you know, there's a lot of space sharing ideas here. You'll notice in Edmonton, a lot of like um, collectives getting together and, and trying to share those hard costs. I think it would be interesting to see one of the things I've often thought about is what would it look like if we started to kind of lobby together and actually push forward and ask for policy change to make it easier for small businesses to get a foothold. It's really, you know, we really don't have a lot of say and the landlords do. And that's a very old institution that is difficult to change. So that's just one of the that's sort of experiences I've had recently is, is around those hard, those harder costs. 
What do you know today that you wish you knew when you first started the business? Like nearly every single thing that I've learned in the last six years, I would say it's very difficult to pinpoint one item. For sure, I've learned how to manage risk better in my business. Um, And I've learned how to, you know, and I want to say this in as thoughtful a way as possible, but you have to make sure that you're not making decisions with your ego and that you're making decisions with with good guidance and information. Mm. And I think initially I let my ego or, and not even ego in a bad way, but just like the part of you that gets really excited about how things are going to look or, or how things are going to appear to others rather than how they actually feel for you to make decisions in that way is, is dangerous and ultimately doesn't lead to, to fabulous success. So I often um, look at opportunities and think, is this a decision that I'm making because it makes sense for the business? Or is it a decision that I'm making just because I think it's going to look really good on Instagram? It's just really important. I think that's a, that's a level of maturity that I've found within the business at this point. As an entrepreneur over the years, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think it comes back to that same knowledge of, of, following your heart and trusting your instinct in the business. I think the advice that I tend to receive, you know, when I, I don't participate in a lot of networking type groups, I really um, connect one-on-one with a lot of local entrepreneurs that I I look to and that I think have a clear understanding of how to grow businesses um, locally here and across Canada. And one of the things we often speak about is uh, just trusting ourselves and trusting our instinct, right? Ultimately, you can take in a lot of information and a lot of guidance, but if it doesn't resonate within you and if it doesn't feel like the right choice for, for what you've created, um, ultimately, I don't think it'll work out. Okay, I'm going to switch gears here and ask you some more personal type questions. Um, everybody has a bucket list these days. Uh, what's on top of yours? Coming up on my bucket list is, is kind of a unique thing that I've been contemplating for about two or three years now. And actually, uh, I'm evaluating going to Peru for an ayahuasca um, retreat. So I don't know if you know anything about ayahuasca, but it's a bit, and it's hard to kind of explain it, but it's a bit of a, a shaman sort of leads you through a process of uh, self-discovery through a little bit of use of, of some accepted psychedelics. And the idea is to tap into parts of your subconscious that you might not be aware of. So it's kind of a step beyond meditation. And for me, that's a huge, scary moment of self-discovery. And, but it's something that I feel I need to, to try out. So that's what's next. Is that at Machu Picchu? Yeah, it is in Peru, but it's not at Machu Picchu. There's, there's different retreats, but this one that we're specifically looking at is in the mountains. If you weren't doing what you do now for work, what kind of career or profession do you think you'd you'd have? Um, So the path that I was on before I decided to to start Glow was specific to project management and um, custom home building. And I love that industry. I love design and I love any of that work to do with, with custom home building renovations, all of that. So probably I would have found myself in that field to some extent. I have a passion for business development. I also could have possibly just ended up in a pure sort of sales role within an organization. So yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it's funny. I often reflect on that, like what the what ifs, mm-hmm. but um, you can't spend too much time there. <laughs> no, you certainly can't. 
do you spend much time reading books? And uh, if so, what what are you reading right now? Yeah, I'm I'm I do read books. Um, I also, uh, you know, I'm I'm a busy gal, and to sit down and read to me actually is is like a, a trick. I was able to get some books in while I was on vacation recently, but. My favorite is to listen to podcasts or to audiobooks, which is like, you just get such a download of information while driving between meetings or, you know, you can kind of be listening while multitasking. That's my favorite. I'm really into Rachel Hollis right now. Uh, I find her to be quite inspiring. And uh, so that's one of the books that I'm reading currently. Okay, super. Um, If there's one word that you would use to describe yourself, what would it be and why? I think I'll spin the word stubborn and I'll say tenacious. (laughs) I would say that I'm tenacious. Okay, super. Um, And when you look outside of Edmonton, is there a special and favorite place that you'd like to uh, visit? Uh, So my partner, um, his family's, he's from Italy. And so we spend quite a bit of time visiting there um, at least once a year for a few weeks. So Italy's kind of got, a really special place in my heart. But I'm also, I was born and raised in BC and I love the mountains. I, especially this time of year, I'm constantly thinking about the next time we can get to the, to the lake and the mountains in BC. Mm-hmm. We are creatures of habit. I'm just wondering if you have a daily routine or ritual that you follow every day. Yeah, I do. I, I like to wake up fairly consistently around the same time. I'm not a super early riser, but I'm usually, you know, kind of starting my day about 6.30 a.m. And I go through a process of a little bit of meditation in the morning and then coffee. And the thing about me and the reason why being an entrepreneur has worked really well is I like to work out first thing. So before I start my day um, to kind of get my head straight, I go for a, a workout every morning. And then my day kind of unfolds as the business needs me. So sometimes it's meetings. Sometimes it's being with my team in the juicery. Um, sometimes it's back-to-back conference calls, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I kind of let the day unfold and I, I create structure, but I, I also try to let it be organic and, and not too, not too serious. I'm going to uh, present a scenario to you, a little different one. So bear with me for a second. So imagine a small tropical Island, beautiful Island in the middle of the ocean, but it only has one phone booth and no internet. We're going to drop you off there with no technology at all by yourself. At any time, you can use the phone booth on the island to call the boat to come pick you up. Now, how long would it take before you made that phone call? And what do you think you'd do uh, there and how would you spend your time? Hmm. It's a very good question. Um, I would like to pretend that I could hang in there for, let's say, a week and try to get some rest. But unfortunately, I think I'm a little too plugged in and and maybe this would change over time. But right now I would be thinking, okay, what are the kids doing? Is the business okay? Is someone, you know, mowing the lawn, feeding the dog, like all the things, all the obligations of your life. So I'm pretty sure that I could last maybe 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would be making that call. And in those 48 hours, I would tell myself, you are just going to relax, get some sunshine, that kind of thing. I don't know. I, it's, it's not the stage of my life right now where I feel like I can be alone on an island. But I know it'll happen one day. 
tough for entrepreneurs to do that, I think. I think so. And I think the nature of our personalities is that we like being plugged in. You know, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but it's one that we, we, we wield every day. Is there anything you would like to add, Marnie, before you leave us today? No, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Um, I think it's, it's nice that you're bringing to light um, the challenges and the personalities behind running businesses. That's a really important resource for us to listen to one another. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the time to talk with you. Well, thanks, Marnie, for being our guest on Edmonton's podcast. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Edmonton's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. And then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.